Amen. Nehemiah chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 10. Read about 10 verses this morning before we get into the message. How many is truly glad to be here? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're thankful again for all of the fathers. Amen. If you're here today, amen, and you're here with you, amen, I understand that. And that void, that loss, amen, we uh, pray for a special blessing upon you and peace today. But if you have your Father here on this earth, amen, and it is possible, let them know today that you're thankful. God chose them to be co-creator, amen, with uh, Him for you, amen. So let them know, amen, if you uh, pray, praise God, let's say amen. Amen. by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon, them you shall see. With full of Jerusalem hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Anite and Gosham, the Arabs and Arabian heard it for his word today. Come on, for his word today. Come on, let's bless him. Amen. Come on, let's bless him. Go. but also, amen, uh, and not only in fulfilling scripture in prophecy, but also, amen, in the time frame and in the moment, amen, that we are actually living here on this earth, amen, but they are very, amen, strategic and significant times, strategy, amen, that is moving and that is taking place, amen, you may not always see the spiritual warfare, many may not be aware, amen, of the spiritual warfare that is happening, amen, but I assure you, amen, that there is great spiritual warfare that is taking place over the earth right now, amen, but these times that we're living, uh, they are strategic, amen, but matter, they are significant, uh, but of the enemy and darkness is on the increase, can I get an amen, I said the exposure Darkness is on the increase. Can I say this right here? That it's time for the army of God to mobilize and to get ready. What does mobilize mean? It means to have a readiness, amen, to assemble with a readiness. Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe that it is time for the body of Christ, amen, and the army of God to mobilize. Amen. The church's first responders need to be alert and they need to be clear-headed. This is why we cannot allow the distractions that are happening all around us, the opportunities to distract us away from what is important and from what matters the most. We cannot allow these things, amen, to have a precedence in our lives. Hallelujah. Because we have got 
to be ready and we've got to be alert. Amen. The first responders must be, not only must they be alert, but they must be trained. Hallelujah. So they are well trained. Hallelujah. To be able to respond to whatever type, amen, of emergency that it is. Even terrorist attacks. Amen. So that goes all the way, amen, from a burning house, amen, to a broken leg from an accident. Hallelujah. To, amen, an attack of terrorism, a bomb threat. Amen. And so you may not hear that. Hallelujah. But those kind of things are happening in the spirit and the Lord needs some first responders in his church. We got to be ready to break up. We got to be ready to break out and we got to be ready to break through. We got to be ready to break up. Hallelujah. What the enemy has sent to try to stop. We've got to be ready. Hallelujah. To break out whenever God needs us and to break through to see complete victory and deliverance. Hallelujah. As we are called to be in the body of Christ. Can I get amen in this place? Somebody say with me. Hallelujah. Because here is the thing. It is time to rebuild. It's time to restore. It's time to reset. It's time to reform. Amen. Put that in heavenly terms. We need supernatural intervention. Hallelujah. It's time for a supernatural intervention. Hallelujah. A lot of people have given up. Amen. I don't believe that God is finished yet. I don't believe that we can just sit back and let things be what they are. Hallelujah. But it is a time. Amen. Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. I believe it's time to rebuild, restore, renew. Amen. It's time to reset. I know that the government, the spirit of Antichrist, has been working on a great reset for many years. And I believe, amen, that it'll come in fruition in time enough. Hallelujah. But until then, I believe that the hand of God can reset some things. Amen. Not only in people's lives, but also, hallelujah, in the United States of America. I believe that there can be a great reset. And when God resets, he moves it back just as if it had never happened. I need somebody to get with me. I just see about three people. Hallelujah to be with me today. Hallelujah. You see, here's the thing. There cannot be any more middle ground. Amen. We've had middle ground long enough. Now come the time that it's got to be like David and Goliath. Hallelujah. we got to say, who do you think you are? You uncircumcised giant who has come you for this scene, who has no covenant with our God. You think you're going to come and you're going to block, amen, the release of the kingdom that God has already established. Hallelujah. There's no middle ground. You can't decide, well, tomorrow I'll work on things and I'll get my relationship right. You can't decide, well, next week I'll get my house in order. you got to have, amen, unequivocally your mind made up. Know who you are. Know who he is. Know who you belong to. Know what kind of authority is in you by the name of Jesus. And you've got to take Somebody give the Lord praise. Let me tell you something. Help me, Jesus. 
Ghost doesn't join every movement or every uprising that's, that comes along. I said the Holy Ghost don't join forces with every movement just because it's a spiritual movement or just because it's a churchy movement or just because it's an uprising from within. Hallelujah, a religious aspect doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost joins forces with it. But here's what I want you to understand. When the Holy Ghost does join forces with a movement, heaven is going to be released. Hallelujah. And I believe, amen, the Lord spoke Thursday. Hallelujah, that there is a transition. Amen, that shifting. Praise God, and I believe that the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, is joining with heaven. Oh, hallelujah, for those here on earth who have got, amen, I pray, hallelujah, their minds are set. And God's going to do some things to hang with me. Hallelujah. The motives and the agenda of the enemy and the kingdom of darkness are no longer hidden. But they're right out in the open. They used to be hidden. You used to have to kind of decipher them. You used to have to know a little bit more or have a little bit of information or a little bit of greater revelation to be able to understand, uh, amen, what was uh, the enemy was doing. Uh, can I tell you that the enemy uh, and the kingdom of darkness has moved in the family structure, amen, and corrupted the value of parents uh, and corrupted the value of fatherhood. Uh, and hell is now after our children. Uh, that's what it's been after all the while. Uh, because if you can snatch the children, you're going to snatch the generation. And if you snatch the generation, uh, you're going to stop and hinder amen of the movement of God's plan but I've come to tell somebody today hallelujah praise God that amen greater is he that is in us than he that is in the after your children. Listen to me. The, the, the Bible tells us in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, very early in amen, the book, that the serpent is a crafty and shady come on. He's more crafty, crafty and more cunning than all the other creatures. You can't get any plainer than that. It was the serpent. That serpent was the devil. Amen. So the Bible tells us in the very, very beginning that the enemy is more crafty and he's more cunning than all creation. But you see, it used to be slowly and very methodical, very, very quietly. These things would, amen, just sneak in a little bit at a time. But now he doesn't care if you know what he's doing. Can I tell you that there's two spirits behind that? Pride and anger. 
Oh, let me say that again. I had two agree with me. Amen. That's all I need. But hallelujah, praise God. Amen. I said there's two, there's a couple spirits behind that. It's pride and anger. Hallelujah. Now he doesn't care that you know what he's doing. Now he doesn't care that it's obvious that he is trying, amen, to gain ground, amen, more and more and more. Hallelujah. And he doesn't care who knows it, and he doesn't care who is concerned about it. Because, see, here's what you got to understand. You remember when, 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 when Pharaoh had God's people in bondage, when he had Israel in bondage, and God sent Moses, and he told Moses, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Amen. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Amen. And the more that God hardened his heart, the worse that it got. Come on, somebody. Did you hear that? I've had some people say, why? Why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? Can I tell you why, amen, that he hardened his heart? It was to expose the evil so that everybody else could know and he could justly deal with it without anybody being able to give any backlash. Ah, come on, somebody. Do you hear that? What am I trying to say? I'm telling you, hallelujah, that this is why darkness is, amen, gaining ground. This is why the enemy is being exposed. God's allowing because he's revealing the evil and the darkness, amen, so that others can unequivocally look at it and say, man, that is pure evil. Where in the world, how many times have you said that? Amen, in the last couple of years especially. Hallelujah, he's doing that. Hallelujah, so, amen, he can expose the true agenda and the darkness of the enemy. Amen, it's in your face now because God is getting ready to bring a shaking. Hallelujah. I said, God is getting ready to bring a shaking. It's in your face. You can't go anywhere. Amen. Evil and darkness. Amen. Impurity. Immorality. Everything is in your face now. And you can't get away from it. Hallelujah. You can't buy a gallon of milk without contributing. Hallelujah. To the system of this world. You can boycott every one of them.
It's taunting truth. Come on, somebody. It's taunting those who are standing up for the truth. Amen. Remember Goliath? Praise God. We talked about it on Thursday night. Amen. Goliath stood there in his pride and his anger. Amen. And he stood there and said, this belongs to me. These are mine. We're going to take you. You can't take us. Oh, but here comes David. Hallelujah. Who was a nobody. Amen. In the eyes of the army. But in the eyes of God, he was an anointed, chosen, covenant believer. And that's why he said, who are you? You don't have covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I do. See, it's already been written that this belongs to us. Somebody help me. It's already been established that this belongs to God. Who do you think you are? Sound familiar? That's the price standing up in our world today. Saying you can't stop us. Lying. Deceiving. Come on, somebody. You don't think you don't think it's happening? You say, well, it is, but it's it's not near us. Well, I got news for you. Just a little ways north right here. Some of you remember where the old Columbus Public Library used to be. Where it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a doctor's office. It became a pill mill and it got raided. And, 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 and so it was where old, it was next to Southgate uh, Shopping Center. Hallelujah. Amen. And some of you, I brought this up in our Amen uh, Walking Free Indeed class. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But Amen. The beginning of this month, they opened up. Amen. A place called Wicked Eden. Amen. They put a privacy fence around it. Amen. If I can say it just like this, and you say, well, there's kids in here. Well, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a sex club. Not a strip, not a strippers club. Not, not, not a strippers club. It's not an adult bookstore. It's a sex club. Now they say they're not. <laughs> but when you read what they do, right. when there's five rooms right. in the building for that purpose, for you to do those things in private so that no one judges you, that's right here. That's right. You can walk to it in, in probably 10 minutes. Probably quicker now if you walk like me fast. I like to walk fast. <laughs> it's right here. The Lord, the Lord spoke to me about six, six weeks ago, two, weeks, two months ago, somewhere around then. And I felt like he placed in my spirit and he spoke to me that witchcraft was going to be coming against the church. About this local body. So I started looking for witches. <laughs> My natural response. I start looking for new people that come in. Mm, okay. When they've done that before, come on, witchcraft, which and because the enemy does what? He comes in very. So I so I'm I've got my feelers out and I'm watching. Then I when I got word of this wicked Eden, not just look at that name. Wicked Eden. When I found out this was coming in, the Lord quickened my spirit. I told you that witchcraft was coming 
against. So it's right here. It's, it's, it's all around. Amen. Drug addiction is witchcraft. Amen. And, and it's all around. Those kind of things are here. Amen. But praise God. That's a specific target in what? In this community. Because they are claiming that, hallelujah, that the Sciota, amen, South, uh, Southland neighborhood, amen, is going to belong to them. Amen. They are investing that that neighborhood is going to belong to them. I need somebody to help me who's ready to command what is written. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm just going to read to you. Amen. Not everything, but I'm going to read to you. They have their first event on the first Saturday, June 3rd. Amen. I believe it was June 3rd. Amen. They have their first event on June 3rd. They had their second one last night. Hallelujah. I don't know what happened last night, but they, amen, they had almost 700 people. Amen. They asked them to, uh, to dress in mythological uh, costumes and characters. The cars were parking all over the place. Amen. And they, 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 they invited them to come as dressed or undressed as you like. So that was walking around. Amen. Crossing High Street. Amen. A couple of weeks ago where children are living in apartments. Amen. Across the street with balconies where they can see what's going on. Doesn't matter privacy things there. You can sit on top of the balcony and watch what's going on in the parking lot. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. Amen. But listen, it says Wicked Eden is a private members only social organization dedicated to education, empowerment, and advocacy on the behalf of the LBBG, DQIA plus alternative lifestyle communities. The name Wicked Eden reflects our chosen role as a sanctuary for persons whose gender, sexuality, or sexual practices were once considered wicked by society. That should scare the pants off of you. That sexual immorality that was once considered wicked by society is no longer considered wicked. At Wicked Eden, all the welcome, regardless of gender, sexuality, or ability, we like to say that no knowledge is forbidden. Are you catching the, the connection to the scriptures? Tell me the enemy is not behind it. Our organization celebrates the diversity of gender and sexuality in the human race, offers a safe space where our members can freely express their identities without fear of discrimination or judgment. This is a nonprofit 501c3 business. The same as the church. Because they are dedicated to education, empowerment, and advocacy on the behalf of those who, 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 who claim or who, who pull to that type of lifestyle. They offer educational services. Do you know what their, some of their educational services are? They have videos and seminars on bondage and discipline. Wow. I know that you're like, I can't believe he's saying that. I can't believe you're saying I'm saying that. I can't believe you're surprised. Come on, somebody. You understand? In the future, we plan on offering educational workshops, social activities, and monthly fundraising events for our members, such as body positive yoga, theme dance events, movie nights, and board game meetups. How sweet does that sound? Come on. Are you hearing me? We are committed to the Sciota Southland neighborhood and we have invested a substantial sum of money in renovating and securing a vacant building. Do you understand? Hallelujah. It's more out of the open. And it's not anything against people. It's the spirit of pride and anger. It's that, it's that 
nonchalant, amen, that the enemy is saying, hallelujah, I'm not hiding anymore. Amen. And you know why? Because there's a shaking coming. Say with me. Hallelujah. There's a shaking coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've got to see. Amen. But here's what you've got to understand. That shaking isn't meant to destroy us. Hallelujah. But it's meant to expose the enemy. Hallelujah. So you need to embrace the shaking. Some of you who have felt, amen, the effects of intensity on your warfare. Some of you who haven't felt, hallelujah, the assault from all directions of your life. I come this morning to encourage you, to tell you, do not fear and do not worry. That God is allowing a shaking. Hallelujah. But it's not going to destroy you. It's going to expose the enemy. Guess what? It's God that put that faith in them. 
up and say, you're going to take this generation? You're going to take this generation? What? You're going to start them? Amen. There's no more grooming. It's right out there. Perversion. Hallelujah. Amen. Teaching the opposite of the word of God. God had already given it to them. So what did to happen? Dude, you need to get out of the way. David said to Goliath, you just need to get out of the way. And if you're not going to move, then I'm going to help you. Because you're about to come down. You get the picture? One little stone put him flat down on the ground. Hallelujah. Hey, man, gravity said he should have fell forward. Man, come on, somebody help me. But he went back. He was so big, he should have went this way. But that little stone went that way. You know why? There wasn't no power in that stone. But there was power in the words. Hallelujah. That David spoke. It is written. It is written.
there was not a way back to where they came from. You need to tell the devil, hallelujah, that's not an option for me. I'm not going back. Hallelujah. God is saying prophesy, testify of what's been prophesied. Praise me while you're waiting. And now he's telling us to command what is written and watch me receive. We have to rise up and we got to respond to what heaven is doing. Not what, not what Washington's doing. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blowing on that off. But, but listen to me, listen to me. God, God's not concerned about whether you're a Republican or Democrat. Because he's neither. He's concerned about whether you're a covenant believer. Oh, help me Jesus. He didn't tell us to preach political parties told us to preach the gospel. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Pull me back in. See, the enemy's getting louder now because of what's being done in the earth. He's getting louder because of what is happening. That's why we're seeing a surgence of Deliverance and victory because, amen, hallelujah, three years ago the enemy thought he was going to keep this nation, this world bound with fear and anxiety. And people were hiding in their homes and they were they were uh, giving way to anxiety and fear. And when they couldn't leave and they couldn't go, uh, amen, and they couldn't find themselves, couldn't assemble because, amen, uh, they weren't as strong as other Christians. They found themselves on their phones, on the internet now, amen, going through pornography and now going to places and doing things they never thought they would be doing again. And now spirits of darkness, amen, are now, amen, infiltrating people's homes, hallelujah, and their minds and their bodies, hallelujah. But now, three years later, hallelujah, there is, amen, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. And now we're seeing those demonic spirits that got people bound. Hallelujah. They're being loose and sent back to hell where they came from. And people are walking in complete freedom. That's why the enemy's getting louder because of what's happening in the earth. I need somebody to shout right there. Hallelujah. They were the bodyguard of the king, but a cupbearer's responsibility was they were to taste all the wine and all the food before the king did to make sure that nobody was going to poison the king. So they took a risk of dying every time. Come on. That's what that's what the cupbearer did. That was their responsibility. They protected the king. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm looking for some people who will give up 
no matter what it takes, amen, to protect the integrity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for some people, hallelujah, hallelujah, who speak up, amen, their cross and decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do whatever it takes to protect the king. Why? Because he's seen it. He died for me. He set me free. He filled me up with the Holy Ghost. Saved me to the uttermost. Heal my body. Set my feet on solid ground. Now I'm going to do everything I need to do to protect the integrity. And I will not let hell bring reproach upon the grace and the power and the mercy of God in my life. Love story short, Jerusalem had been destroyed. It had been taken over. The temple had been destroyed. The temple had been rebuilt, but the walls were still in ruins. And Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Artaxerxes was the king. And Jerusalem's walls were still in ruins. And Nehemiah was burdened. And the Bible says he prayed and he waited four months. Praise in the pause. When you see the potential for victory, and you see the potential for the glory of the Lord to be upon something, upon someone. Hallelujah. But God says, wait. Trust me, you got to praise me in the pause. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. If you didn't get to hear the message through tonight, go to YouTube. Amen. And then listen to the message. Praise God. Praise in the pause. Hallelujah. Because God, amen, will bring us to that place. So he waited for four months. Then it was time to go before the king. Amen. And the Bible says that he went into the king. And the king noticed his sad countenance. Can I tell you that it was against the law to go before the king sad? Amen. If you were, if you went before the king and you were sad, you were killed. Because nobody should be in the presence of the king and not be happy. That was the law. Why the world? Why would you have access to the king? Why would you come in all sad? But he noticed the sadness on Nehemiah. And he said, why are you so sad? I love what Nehemiah said. He said, why shouldn't I be sad? Why shouldn't I be sad? Why shouldn't you and I be at a place of righteous indignation for what we're seeing happening in the world around us? He said, why shouldn't I be sad? Our Father's work and our promises and all that God has promised us lies in ruins and nobody is seeming to see the need to restore it. So why shouldn't I be sad? And he took a chance of, of having his life taken away. And the king, God allowed a pagan king to have mercy. The king said, what do you want? What, what, is it that, what is it that I can do? What is it that you do? He said, I want you to send me to Judah to rebuild it. Here I am, Lord, send me. I want you to send me to Judah to rebuild it, is what Nehemiah said. He said, I, I, I'm going to need you to get letters. I'm going to need you to write letters 
to all the governors and all the regions in the territory beyond the river. He said, I need you to write letters to all the governors in the territories beyond the river so that they will let me pass through on my way to Judah. Because he had to go through all of these other pagan territories and all of these other places, pass through all of these other governors and all these other provinces. Can I say it like this? Against principalities. against wickedness in high places, against rulers of darkness that are saw. Somebody help me. He said, I'm going to need you to write me letters that'll, that'll, that'll make them allow me to pass through on my way to Judah. What's Judah mean? It means praise. Come on, somebody. Do you hear that? Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I also need you to give a letter, write a letter to the keeper of your forest so that he'll give me the timber that I need to rebuild the gates when I get to Jerusalem. So he's asking him to write letters to all the governors in the territory of all of these other places, amen, that would allow him as he is journeying, amen, to Judah to go to Jerusalem on to Judea to be able, amen, to rebuild. And he said, I want you to write it that I've got permission to come through that you, on orders from the king, they have to let me go through. And he said, I want you to give, uh, amen, me a letter that I can take to the keeper of the forest uh, that will give me all that I need, uh, amen, to build uh, all the wood and the timber that I need to rebuild the gates uh, in the city. And so what did the king do? He wrote all the letters. It was written, amen, he's got permission, amen, to pass through all of these, and you do not have the authority to stop him, and no more, amen, not only does he have permission to pass through all these principalities and powers and wickedness and high places and all of these, amen, oppositions, but he's got everything that he needs, that when he gets there, he's going to be able to do what I have told him he could do, I need somebody to help me in this place. I'm talking to a few people who's got a vision. You know what I'm talking about. Can I tell you that he traveled 800 miles on a donkey. 800 miles he traveled from Persia to Judea. Hallelujah. Now that's perseverance. I don't know if I can make it another day. Yes, you can. I don't know if I can wait another week. Yes, you can. you got to learn to praise me in the pause. you got to praise me in the transition. you got to praise me between the door being opened and you get into the next open door. Come on. 800 miles he traveled beyond the Euphrates River. Can I tell you why that's so significant? Because once a traveler crossed the Euphrates River, which was an important landmark that separated that region from Judea. That's why he said, you got to give me, you got to write letters that I can, amen, for all of the territories and the governors that I can get beyond the river. Oh, help me. I got one more river to cross. Come on, I got one more mountain to climb. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they're saying, I need, uh, hallelujah. And so that, the Euphrates River was a landmark. 
in between that separated, amen, the region of the enemy from the region, amen, of restoration. <laughs> Hallelujah, are you with me? And once a traveler crossed over that river, they were on a road to Judea and the city of Jerusalem. So as soon as they stepped out and they crossed over and they stepped out, they were immediately on the road to praise. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. So you need to tell the enemy. Hallelujah. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand unequivocally. As for me and my house, fathers, you are the priests of your home. Don't you dare back up and let the enemy listen. He's bringing stuff in through all kinds of things to your children, through YouTube, and through music, and through all of this. And he mind these things. And the enemy's coming in, and he's going to torment, and he's going to try to take their minds. But listen to me. you got to be the priest of your house, and you got to say, I will not allow the enemy. Why? Because I've got something that's, i got a letter written by the king that says I have the power to pass through every principality, every, every spiritual wickedness, every demon spirit that is set up. And once I cross that river, I'm on the road to break through. Restoration rebuilding. Oh God, somebody help me. That's gonna take some work. Amen. So now Nehemiah then would give them the letters to the governors of those regions. And he also had Amen, the captain of the army and the horsemen of the king with him, plus the supplies. So he wasn't going empty-handed. Can I tell you, you are not in this thing alone. You may feel like that you're fighting this thing alone. Can I tell you, oh, why do I feel this? I feel this for somebody. The enemy would love nothing better than to isolate you. He would not love nothing better than to isolate you from relationships and fellowship within the body of Christ from within the local church. He would love nothing more than to isolate you and to make you feel like you are by yourself. Can I tell you, that is nothing but a spirit of pride. That is nothing amen but a demonic influence. And it is not the will of God. Break out of that. You are not in this thing alone. Remember when the prophet Elijah said, I just want to die because there's nobody else but me. God said, rise up, boy. What are you talking about? I got 200. Amen. I got 200 sons of prophets hidden in the caves that you don't even know about. I dare you to take your neighbor's hand and know that they are with you. This thing, this thing. Amen. Praise God. We're in this thing together. You are not being sent out alone. But you are equipped with power, supernatural power, Holy Ghost power, the anointing. You are a king and a priest in the covenant of God. Press through, cross that river, step out, and watch restoration happen. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I'm trying to finish. Come on, I mean that. I mean that. I mean that. But then he met Sam Ballot. And Tobiah. Believe it or not, they were Jews. Come on. You'll get that next Sunday. 
He met Sanballat and Tobiah. They were enemies of Jerusalem. Not everybody that cries Jesus is a friend of God. Friend is a covenant term. If you're in covenant with God, you're his friend. That's why Abraham was a friend of God, because he was in covenant with God. If you are in covenant with God, you are a friend of God. But not everybody that cries Jesus is a friend of God. Help us, Jesus. They were enemies of Jerusalem. And furthermore, they were enemies of anybody who cared for the welfare of the city. Now that's what I want to talk about. Somebody that cares about the condition that this culture and this society is in around us. It ain't just about you showing up on Sunday morning and maybe a man on a midweek service. It ain't about just about you coming and paying your tithes. It's about you having a burden. It's about you having a heart for God. It's about you knowing, hallelujah, praise God, that this does not have to be this way. That they do not have to stay in that condition. That Jesus died so that they could be free and free indeed. And they do not have to stay that way. They were angry that somebody would have the audacity to want complete restoration. Come on. How in the world could you? How could you want complete restoration? They didn't care about anything else that went on in Jerusalem. Somebody better help me. Come on. As long as Jerusalem remained weak and vulnerable. Chew on that for a minute. How many, how many times are you supposed to chew food? How many, how many times? 30 times? 30 to 30? Shoot. I can't tell you the last time I chewed one by the food. I sometimes got 30 bites in two minutes. <laughs> Come on, if it's the right thing, you know I'm talking, right? Come on. Hallelujah. We ain't thinking about the after effects. We ain't thinking about the... Three hours later, whenever one of us said, Oh, why did I eat that? Why? Randy used to say, Why'd you let me eat that? <laughs> Why'd you let me eat that? I told you not to let me eat anything like that again. And on the other hand, would you please turn out the light? Quit being my dad. Either I am or I'm not. Either you want me to tell you to not eat it. Are you with me? Come on. Come on. Come on. It's Father's Day. Help me, brothers. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. Why didn't you tell me to not eat that? Because you told me I wasn't your dad. There's a message in that somewhere. Yeah. Come on. We, we, don't, we, don't think about, we don't think about the after effects and the bloating and the pain and the, the gas and where it feels like we're having a heart attack and indigestion and uh, the next day and oh, oh. And then let alone the pounds when you get on the scale, right? Come on. Come on. Come on. We don't think about that when we're just. Because it tastes good, right? That's what sin does. 
sin doesn't sin only causes you to think about the moment. It doesn't cause you to think about the consequences and what it's going to feel like. Amen. And, and it doesn't want you to realize that at, at the end of that is death. And it's going to kill you. Right? And ain't nobody's fault but yours for eating it. In Jerusalem, as long as Jerusalem remained weak and vulnerable. See, the temple was already rebuilt. It was there. Understand this. They were offering sacrifices and they were worshiping. Yeah. I can say it like this. They were going to church. Yeah. They were having church. They were having services. And, 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 and Tobias and Sambala, they didn't care about that. They didn't care how much they went to church. They didn't care that they worshipped. They didn't care that they offered sacrifice. They didn't care hey, that, that the temple was built back up. As long as the walls and the gates of the city were not rebuilt, because then they would be fortified, and the enemy would now not have free access to the city. So he doesn't care how often you come to church. He doesn't care how much you quote scripture. He doesn't care how much you know what he cares about. Is if, uh, amen, there's complete restoration uh, in your life. That's what he, he wants you to remain weak and vulnerable so that you cannot testify that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb uh, and the word of your testimony. Somebody better help me. Hallelujah. That's what the enemy, amen, he don't care that we come to church. Uh, he don't care that we pay tithes. He don't care that we have outside services. He don't care that we walk down the street carrying a cross. He don't care that we walk around with a picket sign. He don't care about your Christian t-shirt. He don't care about the fish on your bumper. He don't care about your cross hanging from your light. But what he does care about is if you know that you know that you know that regardless of what comes, hallelujah, the enemy does not have permission to come in your house. Greater is he that is in me. So now somebody's coming saying, we're going we're to rebuild these walls. And we're going to put watchmen. Because when the walls are built, that means watchmen's going to be there. And when there's a watchman on the wall, that means they can sound the alarm. When there's an enemy approaching, they can sound the alarm. Huh? And they can call for battle. Huh? Amen. They can mobilize. Huh? Come on, somebody. Do you hear that? They'll be mobilized. They'll be trained and ready. There'll be a need for an army. There'll be a need for a fight. Because huh? if there's no huh? amen fortification, then there's no fight. And if there's no fight, then there's no victory. And if there's no victory, then there's no breakthrough. And if there's not breakthrough, there's only breakdown. Hallelujah, it's time to break out. Breakthrough and break in. So if the walls were rebuilt, you should have thought about that before you let them worship. You should have thought about that before you let them hear the word. Because now the walls are rebuilt, there's going to be some watchmen on the wall. Somebody's going to be ready. Somebody's going to be watching. Somebody's going to tell somebody, look up, look up, look up. Hey man, mobilize, mobilize. First responders, get ready. 911. Somebody is going down to the pits of hell. Somebody's laying on the side of the road. Addicted, lost, stuck, struggling. Somebody is at the hand of the enemy. Somebody rise up. Pray, get ready. Stay with me, please, for just a few more minutes. As long as God's people weren't strong, 
and they weren't secure, and they weren't free from the burden and the stress. They didn't care. But now somebody's coming and saying, uh-uh. This ain't what it's supposed to be. It's not written like this. This, this is not written that it should stay this way. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But we're going to rebuild this. We're going to rise up. And we're going to do something about what's going on around us. We're going to make sure that the integrity of our king. I find it interesting that, that, that the opposition didn't come when, 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 when Nehemiah was at the heart stage, you know, when, when it was on his heart and God had burdened him, the opposition didn't come at the heart stage. It didn't come at the vision stage when he had the vision of, and he could see it. He had never saw the ruins, but, but he'd only heard about it. So he envisioned in his mind the ruins that was there in Jerusalem. And, and so he had a vision of rebuilding. And he's like, we can do this. God has spoke to me. I've got a burden for this, and I can't shake it. Amen. But there was no opposition. Remember, the king was supposed to kill him, but he did not. He had mercy on him. Why? Because there was no opposition. Amen. There was no opposition during the four months that he prayed. Amen. And then he waited. Amen. So there was no opposition at the heart stage, the vision stage, the prayer stage. There was no opposition at the planning stage when he was getting the wood and he was gathering together amen the captain of the army amen and the horsemen there was no opposition there there was no opposition when he was coming through amen to those, those territories amen but when he began to do it when he began to put it in action here comes the opposition this is why you're being tossed and you're being fought. Come on. I read to you the Bible said that Nehemiah was there for three days. And he told nobody what God had put in his heart. Praise and applause. He gets there. Can you imagine that? He's there. Oh, I'm here. I've made it. I've arrived. He crossed over the, he crossed over the Euphrates, put his foot on the road to Judea. And he made it there to Jerusalem. And now three days he's in hiding. And he's not telling anybody not say the word. He didn't tell anybody what he was there for. But then he went at night. The Bible said he began to assess the damage. He began the valley on the south side and he went around and he began to assess the damage. And I can only imagine the tears that flowed. Down me and my face. So he began to go around at night and he began to see all the ruins and all of what was and all of what could be and the gates of the city and the compromise and the vulnerability and the weakness. The Bible says he viewed the damage. Can I tell you something that were viewed? As it said he viewed the walls. That were viewed is a Hebrew medical term that's used to describe when you probe around in a wound and to see how much damage has been done. So Nehemiah was literally probing and looking at the damage that this had caused. He was seeing the extent of it. He was, he was, he was sensing the fear and the insecurity and the poverty that these broken walls meant to the lives of God's people. They went to church every Sabbath but they had to witness rubble and broken walls for nearly a hundred years. 
So imagine the sense of what's the use. It's so bad. There's no, there, what, what can I do? What can my person do? What, what, can, what can we do? What, there, there's no sense. This is, this, is, this is in ruins and the fear and the anxiety and the insecurity and the sense of poverty that was there. But Nehemiah showed up and he said, it's time to command what's been written. It's time to command what is written. And I've come today to tell somebody in this house, in your life, in your family, in your home, it's time for you to command what is written. It's time for you to not look around as you assess the damage and you see it. It's obvious. You know it's there. Hallelujah. But do not allow fear, insecurity, anxiety. Do not let the enemy cause you to have an impoverished mindset because we serve a God. We said it on Thursday. Amen. Three stages for Israel. In Egypt, it was the stage of not enough. In the wilderness, it was the stage of just enough. In the promised land, it was the stage of more than enough. You're not, you don't belong in Egypt. You don't belong in the wilderness, but you belong. Amen. Where he is El Shaddai. The God of more than enough. Doesn't mean you ain't going to fight. Doesn't mean you ain't going to have to work. Don't mean it ain't going to be a battle, but it means you're going to have everything you need to watch it and see it come to pass. So you just need to begin to command what is written. But when he got to Jerusalem, that's when he met with opposition with the leaders of Jerusalem, Sanballat and Tobiah. Isn't that amazing? You know how many times I've met, I, I, and I'm not trying to say this to the little the bride, to the little the church, because I'm not about that. I believe people spend too much time saying what the church doesn't do and what the church hasn't been and what the church ain't instead of focusing on who she is, what she's done, what she's going to do, and she ain't going anywhere. But I've met more opposition inside than I have outside. Come on. So what's going to happen? He met opposition when he got there to get ready to do something. He met the opposition with the Jewish leaders. But here's what he said. He said, listen, fellas, the hand of God is upon me and the king has written it. God's hand is on me. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to ask you for anything. I don't need your wood. I don't need it. I got everything that I need. I got an army of people that have said we're going to get it done. They're going to work. We're ready. I don't need your help. I don't need anything. Are you hearing me? He said, the hand of God is upon me, and the king has written it. It's been de de decreed. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's time to agree with what is written and then decree what's been written. So it's time to agree and decree. I'm about finished. I'm even going to have him come to the music. Somebody shout. But can I tell you what happens, what's going to happen when you command, when you begin to command what is written? It's going to initiate a shaking. And that shaking is going to expose the true heart of those that are in places of authority. 
This is what's happening right now in the body of Christ. Inside, amen, God is exposing those who have had great influence over masses of people. Amen. He's bringing down and he's exposing the sin and the hypocrisy. Can I help somebody today? Hallelujah. You ain't got to worry about it because I, that's why it's happening because God wants to reveal. Amen. So that when the judgment comes, ain't nobody can say he didn't have a right to judge it that way because they revealed it themselves. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. So when we begin to command what's written, it's going to initiate a shaking, but that's just going to expose the heart of those in the places of authority. You know, that, that spirit of pride and that spirit of mockery. Hallelujah. Because what happened? That, that spirit of pride and mockery began to arise in St. Ballad and Tobias. I'm finished. And they begin to make fun of him. They begin to laugh at him. They begin to mock him. But here's what I love. Nehemiah didn't ask. He didn't beg them. He didn't try to make any deals. And he didn't try to compromise. But he said, this is what we're going to do. I got a word from God. I'm testifying what's been prophesied. Now I'm going to command what is written. <laughs> I've praised him while I'm waiting. I'm praising him in the pause. Now I'm there. And I'm going to command what is written. I, he didn't try to make any deals. He didn't try to make any compromises. And can I say this? Help me, Jesus, not to be churchy. But he didn't offer any rewards. He didn't offer any incentives. He didn't offer any programs for those uh, who would be willing to get the job done. If you'll come help, if you'll show up, uh, we'll give you a 30, uh, an 85-inch LED TV. Or we'll give you access to this or we'll give you that or you'll receive this gift or you'll receive that can I tell you if you get somebody to come to church amen with the chances of getting a TV you're going to have to have something like that every Sunday to get them to keep coming back come on somebody do you hear me amen Nehemiah didn't offer any incentives he just looked at the people he said fellas this is what it is it's written I got a written decree from the king we got covenant that was written amen in the way the word hallelujah this belongs to us this is our city. We're going to rebuild it. You're either with me or you're not. And if you are, let's go. And he didn't beg St. Ballad and Tobias. He didn't try to make a deal with them. If you let me work, if you let us work three days, we'll rest for four days. If you let us this, we'll do that. Or you won't bother us at this. We won't bother you. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. He said, the hand of God is upon me. And we are going to rebuild this city. Think about, think about the mindset of some of the people. Well, you know, we've been like this for a hundred years and we've survived, you know, at least we get to go to church every Sunday. And, you know, that's what do you want to stir up the crowd? What do you want to stir up for? Ain't people that's like that. But they laughed and they mocked at him. They taunted him. We preached on Thursday night. That when they cross over and they put up a memorial, the 12 stones of the memorial, I'm finishing. 12 stones of the memorial. God told Joshua in chapter 5, that was in chapter 3, told Joshua in chapter 5, he said, I will remove the reproach from Egypt from among you. That word reproach means taunting. That means the, the enemy will not be able to taunt you any longer. He'll not be able to mock you. It will not prosper. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Amen. They begin to, amen, taunt him. But what did Nehemiah say? 
Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord no matter what. He said, God will prosper us and enable us to succeed. So we're going to arise and rebuild. But here's, here's, here's the scripture that got me this whole message. In verse 20, never really paid attention to it before. But he was talking to them. He said, what is this thing you do? Will you rebel against the king? What? You're, the king has written that this is supposed to happen. What? You're going to rebel against the king? What's going to happen to you? Hallelujah. But here's what he said in verse 20. Amen. This is the whole, the whole of this message. I said, all that I said to say this. He said, then I answered them and I said to them, the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But here we go. But you have no portion, no right, and no memorial in Jerusalem. You have no history. You have no testimony. You have no rights in Jerusalem. But we do. So I'm here to command what is written. We will rebuild. And we will fortify. And there will be restoration. And there will be and our houses will be saved. Our families will be delivered. Your marriage will be restored. Your mind will be set free. Your body will be healed. I dare somebody to command what is written. What you need to tell the enemy is everybody to stand across this place. history, you have no right, you have no memorial there's not a praise that you have in my life in my family, in my body, in my health in my mind, in my church you have no history there but it's written that we shall overcome that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your handmaidens, come on, somebody. Your young men will have dreams. Hallelujah. And your older men will have visions. Because it's written. And I'm going to command what is written in the name of Jesus. If you need to leave, we understand. Please do so quietly. If you're a father, make sure you get your gift as you go out. But if you don't have to go, hang with us for just a few more minutes. Because we're going to give people time to respond and say yes to what the Lord has presented to them today. If you're in this house and you don't know